Hello and welcome to Fly Like an Angel, the unofficial Tunbridge Angels fan podcast. Episode 4 of Fly Like an Angel, the unofficial Tunbridge Angels fan podcast. Thank you for joining, hope you're all well. Um, obviously this week we had the loss against Dorkin and then the draw against Eastbourne, so we're going to cover all that in the podcast. Um, but we're going to, th- 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 there's a lot of talking <laughs> and digressing about memories and we had a lot of laughs recording this, so I hope you enjoy it. Um, the editing, I've tried my best to get it as smooth as possible. Remember, I'm just an amateur podcast uh, host, so that will get better over time. Um, so here it is. Here's episode four. I hope you enjoy it. Come on, you angels. Our first guest this evening is he's a massive Tunbridge Angels fan. He's been a non-league fan and he does a lot within the non-league game. It's Mr. Mike Nell. How are you doing, Mike? You okay? Hello. Yeah, good evening. I'm doing yes. okay, thank you. Nice one. Thank you for joining us. And the second and third guest this evening, we have father and son duo. Uh, we have Mr. Sam Britton and Trevor Britton. How are you both doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm cool. I'm good-ish. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Sam. And I'm just to clarify, I'm the son. He's the father. In case I sound like <laughs> just, a 60-year-old <laughs> I wasn't the hair might have been giving it away I'm not sure on that or is it yeah certainly you can't see what a fantastic barnet I've got but there you go <laughs> but we would have to do video podcasts don't we <laughs> um, brilliant so thank you all for joining us now before we talk about the, uh, the the games that we've just had so we've had the Dorking game and we've had the Eastbourne game first off what I want to do is just get to know a bit about yourselves and about your Tunbridge Angels history so Mike I'll start off with yourself um, how long you been an Angels fan and can you remember your very first game I can't really remember my first game because it was probably about 35 years ago. Um, But one of my earliest memories was, um, I actually looked it up, 28th of February 1987 was we got spanked by Waterlooville, which is what they were called at the time, uh, at home 6-0. And that that must have really scarred me because I just... I, I can visualise, you know, they were wearing white and I can remember us just getting absolutely panned and that sort of stuck with me ever since then, really, <laughs> that. So um, I, I've been a little bit in and out. I haven't been totally sort of home and away through all those years. Um, I stupidly went off and supported Man United for a few years until I, uh, until I saw the light and, and came back again. Um, but, you didn't, uh, no. you didn't stop after Fergie. You're not one of them, are you? <laughs> <laughs> No, I was there. I was. I, saw, I was quite lucky actually. I saw a sort of good few games. I saw the Beckham halfway goal, and oh, wow. uh, I saw the the Cantona kung fu kick and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So it was a good. It was a good time. But in the end, yeah, I came back to Angels and have been been back with them ever since. Brilliant. Doesn't doesn't beat a Joe Turner thirty yard screamer though, does it? <laughs> Definitely not. No, <laughs> against no. Ricky on a Tuesday night. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. So, uh, so linked into that, then I know we, we've had a discussion before um, before recording the podcast. There's a theme here with with with, ga- with your first games and, and getting fresh. So, so Trevor and Sam, tell us about your earliest Angels memory and how long you've been Angels fans. Yeah, well, we moved. Well, I moved here when when Sam was a baby. If anyone can imagine that concept, about 23 years ago. 
and um, like it, it was sort of dormitory. I, I went and worked abroad for a while, and it was dormitory town stuff. So it was kind of up at six in the morning to, to London and back at half six at night. So I'd watch, follow it through the newspapers, but not really get there because when the weekend comes, you got to take the kids to the football on the Sunday and all that. Um, but the first, the, the first game was um, Horsham Boxing Day, two thousand and seven. And funny enough, we got spanked five one. So uh, you know, it, it's that sort of <laughs> there's some sort of serendipity about it. So you can see goals if you go and see them. by <laughs> ten, but uh, that was I think Warrilow's first season. No, I think Dolby's. Or no, it was, well, we'll, we'll agree to differ. I think it was just Warrilow. <laughs> As you can see, father and son arguing the breakout already. So I'll shut up and let him finish. No, it's, it was just going to say it was my first. One of my first ever live football games. I've been to Crystal Palace before. Yeah, I, I just remember it. I I remember Fraser Logan scored our goal, and then I remember there was a certain Frenchman called Jean Michel Seguet who ended yeah. up playing for us later, scored for them. Yeah, but I I don't remember much of the experience in terms of you know kind of minute by minute, but I I just remember enjoying having fun. Yeah, yeah. And um, you, what, what roughly what age were you at that point? Uh, eleven. 10, oh, 11, yeah. Cool. yeah. 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 So being uh, obviously experienced together and seeing the Angels getting thrashed must have been thrilling and you must have thought, well, we've got to come back. So what, what brought you back? I didn't have a clue what was going on, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> well, the, the answer is yes, we, we would have done, but then sort of real life intervened. Um, and I, I guess it's kind of Sam's story. I'll, I'll let him tell, the, uh, tell him the, 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 what happened next, if you like. Go on, all right. When I was, uh, I'd say, I was just breaking into secondary school, breaking into the GCSE years at year 10. And I was, uh, I felt like I was under a lot of pressure at the time. Yeah. I was playing cricket for Caldry at the time as well, who obviously, unfortunately, they, 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 they lost Colin Caldry. They lost his son last week, which is very sad. Yeah, uh, but I the, the the pressure started to get the better of me a little bit, and um, it, it it just made me anxious as hell. And unfortunately, I couldn't deal with it. So it led to me kind of dropping out of school, uh, dropping out of cricket, dropping out of the social life, and having to find something to rely on. And the thing I became reliant on was because fortunately, this old fart over here took me there was 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 Tunbridge Angels and that sparked an interest in something that I've gone on to do which is you know it, it's one of those you, you get a sad blessing in disguise yeah whilst it hasn't gone as planned I've been able to do some amazing things from it yeah and I think yeah from my perspective it was um yeah, I don't want to put you know, massive down on this. He is, is a, a lovely football conversation, but yeah, you've got to try and do something as a family. You've got to try and kind of find a way out with someone who's not been out of the house for two years. Yeah. And the common interest was football. We had a cracking time that day. Um, and it was just a way of kind of integrating Sam back into real life, was take him down, um, sit him in the stands, get used to being around people again, friendly environments, not threatening um family oriented and then sort of moving behind the goal where it's probably the behavior maybe slightly less um <laughs> less well behaved whatever you have it, it reminds me a bit of rob and his dad it reminds me of that when you can give someone a release a focus and something to 
look forward to and to let their emotions out on, sometimes using some not appropriate language. Um, but I think, hello, Martin. Uh, I, I think that's just the way it works. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and safe space. And that, that, that's always the sort of me for the feeling about when you walk through those turnstiles at Tunbridge Angels, it is a welcoming yeah, place. Absolutely. And to have a, oh, he sat next to me, the great big oaf, a frightened child next to you who wants to go and do something that he really likes, but isn't sure how to do it. Yeah. It was a great place to go. And did you did you find if you don't mind me asking during those those tougher times did you find that it was just the two of you and watching the game and and being just yourself in the game that helped you with that or was there anyone from the club that sort of helped as time went by or other fans or from the very start yes because when you find yourself feeling like feeling really kind of shut away really anxious uh, you don't want to go and talk to people but eventually it let us let me especially sort of get used to it yeah and it's like I've, I've sort of uh, like being in an academy as a football player you start at the bottom you're nervous or it's your first day at secondary school you're nervous but eventually over the years you get used to it you meet people and you make friends for life it's what the angels can do to you isn't it so We'll um, we'll talk a little bit more about this later on anyway, but let's let's go let's move on to uh, to the to the weekend's event. So obviously the the FA Cup first round we're going to mention it again. There will be one week where we don't mention it, but that that is getting more in the the distance now, and we're having to move back onto the 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 Saturday Tuesday slog that is the Conference South. Um, and we obviously last week we had that great away win at Chelmsford, um, and then Saturday we're we're we've got. Dorking away, which is always a tough place to to go to. You've got the three G three G pitch there. Obviously, we we've we won there once with the one nil win, um, but but it's always a, a tough one. And we all know, got to mention him, haven't we? Nick Wheeler. We all know what he's about. Um, so yeah, let's have a go. Um, Mike, we'll start with yourself. Uh, once start as always. Team, what you feeling before the game? Uh, first half as it started to unravel. If you're watching it, what did you think? And and yeah, what was your thoughts? Well, I thought pro we could probably have a bit of a chance of, you know, perhaps grabbing grabbing a point or something. After Chelmsford, I was fairly fairly positive. Um, but then going into it, uh, you know, first fifteen minutes, I think we held our own okay, and then bam, you know, Mister Wheeler. We know we know how good he is. You know, we've experienced it ourselves. Um, I mean, that game, was it, he did about four assists for Elder, didn't he? Was it Bogner? Something like that. He's just absolutely incredible. And we just didn't deal with, with him and didn't deal with Pryor, did we? You know, he just, he just put it on his head. And uh, within that two-minute space, you know, two-nil down away to a team that are flying, you're always going to struggle. We did, we did really well to get back into it. Um, but then, it, then it was that it was that third killer goal, wasn't it? That um, that, that, that put the gap between us. And um, after that, it was pretty comfortable, I think, for them. But it's just uh, the commentator did say, didn't he? But he felt that that folks he wasn't getting much much help there. Absolutely. And I think yeah. I think he could have done with with help. You know, you've got to double up, I think, on Wheeler, haven't you? Yeah, um, because he's just so, and he did the same. He did the same to folks at Eastbourne, didn't he? Second game last season, uh, two goals from down that side, and probably Wheeler thought, "I'm going to have a field day here." 
and uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, and, and he did. But you know, he did. Uh, yeah, um, but that was the thing that you know. What I, what I won't do is on on this podcast. I won't slate individuals, and I will not try and slate performances. I, I maybe if we're losing every game come the end of the season and we get relegated and the players aren't trying, like that that might go. But but you know, I, so I don't from myself. I don't want to get too negative. But you know, b- before the game, I am sure Steve. You know, everyone at our club knows about Nick Wheeler. I'm sure Steve will have will have known that they're you know Nick Wheeler and Jace uh, and Pryor is Nick Wheeler and Nathan Elder. They 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 played the the Tunbridge way of three or four years ago. We we would have prepared for that. Steve would have got. I'm sure Steve would have got that into the players. They would have worked on that. I don't know if they'd have worked on doubling up Nick Wheeler as a as a football fan, but someone that isn't a football manager. My thoughts were right. You need to double up on Nick Wheeler. That's what you need to do. And 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 other clubs did that. Um, against us and it, and sometimes it nullified the Wheeler effect um, so I'm sure they'd have worked on that um, and, and I'm sure Steve must have been frustrated as hell and I agree with what you're saying there I, I'm, 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 I don't, as I said, I'm not going to mention any names I'm not going to blame anyone but but folks didn't get the help you know there's only so much you can do as a full back of stopping a cross coming in you know yeah. you can't leg up and trip them up so um, uh, Sam and Trevor you know what's, what were your thoughts on that and, and how did you feel about it? I, I, for me, if you remember, Foxy was the right back of the in the team of the year in the year we were promoted from the Isthmian, in the whole Isthmian Prem. And I think a lot of that to do was actually not so much just him, but the double act with Adam Ramadan, who allowed folks to go and wander, because he does and he delivers, but he was doing the covering, the covering back, the running. And I think that if we'd had and Adam Ramadan in front of Folksy, who was pushing Wheeler back and covering, to me, as sitting on the sofa with a cat on my lap and a mug of tea in my hand, <laughs> rather than the pissing rain at Dorking, it looked to me like um, uh, uh, yeah, the old terrace manager is now the football sofa manager. <laughs> yeah. That's how I would have done it. I'm sure there's yeah. answers, but that's what it looked like to me. I think Steve was, was saying in the interview, he was kind of more disappointed about his about the centre-backs not, yes. not getting yeah. close to Pryor. Yeah. He wasn't really putting any emphasis on, on Folksy. And as you say, you can't, it's so difficult to stop a cross when you're just by, by yourself against a really good winger. So he, I think he was hoping for his centre-backs to do a, a better job and stick tighter to Pryor. So yeah. I'm not really sure what happened there. There's a difference between cutting off the supply line or killing off the delivery. Well, you also need to remember that our our centre-backs were technically a third-choice centre-back and an attacking left-back playing at centre-back. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They did a decent job, but I just think in in the end of the day, their attack beat our defence and that's it. If you looked at that game and those teams, you wouldn't be hugely surprised by the results. Maybe by the scoreline, but not hugely surprised by the results. I would also say that both Rian and Campbell were kind of a third choice. It's not third choice. It sounds really bad. Centre back and uh, normal left back have been amazing yeah. at filling in their roles. Campbell yeah. especially. I, I agree with that. I also think a, a massive shout out to Rian Bray as well because obviously he got dropped um, for the FA FA Cup game. Um, you know, after Lee and Sonny. And as as I said before that game, before that happened, um, I think. Yeah, obviously we know Sonny is is you know captain in there, but any of those three are our first choice centre backs. I think I, I think you can use any combination; they're all just as good as each other. So for for Bray to suddenly have to go from being on the bench because he's been rotated to to being 
the sort of leader of that back four or five. I think he's he's done a great job there. And I, th- I think it's actually a shame that we've let in the six goals across two games. Because I don't think, and I mean, Bray, we'll touch on this Tuesday night after, obviously, but Bray got man of the match on Tuesday, I think. So it just shows you that how, how we've done. Um, let's, have a, let's have a chat about the goal. I know, um, obviously, we, we, we did lose by a few, unfortunately, but we, we scored a goal. It seemed like a, a fairly straightforward um classic header on you know onto the up up the field and uh, I'm, I'm gonna say Akroki or Akrofafiki Akrofi uh, <laughs> was my favourite one <laughs> I, tweeted <laughs> I tweeted him and he still didn't reply but there we go the best way to do it I just said Akrofi and he, he still didn't do it but but yeah Mike what was your thoughts on the goal and yeah, I mean, Akarofi, he he did really well, didn't he? He took his um, he did take his chance well. Um, so, and it was it was a you know good time to get get back straight back into it. Um, and I thought actually we you know we've got a chance here because even at two 0 uh, well at two 0 I thought that, that's it now we're not even going to get one. So so for him to pop up, take his chance because he didn't he didn't have a lot of. Uh, opportunities did he but um yeah. but but for him to 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 get onto that was was really good and he, he did put it but it was a nice it was a nice finish you know he's uh um he's very clinical isn't he as a striker yeah, absolutely. and um and and sam what, what's your thoughts on on alex as a, as a player obviously we had him for a few years and then he's gone away uh, and alex, now he's come back. something or some, something someone sorry that is is deeply not deeply underrated but He's a player that you need to look at the stats and you think a goal every two games in his last spell with a load of assists. He's gone away and done the same thing. He set up Tom Beer's goal last night. Um, I think he's a a great addition. If him and Woods can can form partnerships with like Jason Williams, who I think, again, is a very good player. Unfortunately, got injured at the wrong time. Yeah. And you also have to remember a lot of these players like Woods, like Crawford, like Williams, like Deshaun. A lot of them haven't had a proper pre-season. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, um, I know Crawford. I can't remember whether Crawford joined or Williams joined, but I think Williams got injured midway through pre-season, and then Tommy Woods hadn't played a proper game for months. Deshaun was in Poland on his own. Arthur Lee, you know, comes back, settles in, gets injured again. It's it's going to take time, but I think eventually this season we will click. And I believe mid-table would be an achievement, given given not an achievement, but safe. Hopefully Braintree go down because they look awful in your dramatics. So. <laughs> well, I, I think... Um... I, th- I think that I know obviously Steve wants to do better than last year, but last year you can't, the position, we, we didn't get relegated happy day. It doesn't matter where we finished because the, the table was all, it wasn't a real table, was it in the end? Um, but I think as long as that's the first game, obviously don't get relegated. And I've got every confidence that we won't do. And I think let's finish as high as high as we can. And some games um, you look at the Chelmsford performance, you look at the Billericay performance um, and, and obviously the FA cup games. And you think, yeah, we are, we, it gives you that hope, um, yeah. and then yeah. game the games like the last. 
let's say the Dorking game and the, and the last 25 minutes of the Eastbourne game um, gives you that realisation that, you know what, no, there is, I'm not going to say work to be done there because I think we've got a cracking squad. We've got a cracking group of players. And, and you look at, if you could choose a non-league strike partnership, you'd choose Tommy Wood and Alex Acrofi if you were look at them, if you didn't know anything about them because you've got the tall guy who's got pace, he's got fitness, um, he's just dropped out of the, the professional game and he's got the touch and he clearly knows his way about a football pitch. And you've got Alex Acrofi who's a, you know, a, I think I nearly pronounced his name wrong there. But <laughs> he, um, but I he's, I'm Alex. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, um, he'll probably correct us all. I'm sorry, Alex, if you're listening. <laughs> you can let us know if, we are, if we're all getting it wrong. Um, but, but Alex, is, who's scored the goals for us, he's gone down, down a level or two and he's scored the goals um, and he's proven that I think he can do it at the Conference South, South level. Um, I just want to say on, on the Saturday game, I've got a confession. I missed the first five minutes because we were driving back. Um, <laughs> and then and then I got it up on my phone and it was nil-nil. And I thought, oh, right. So I put it on my phone, ran into the toilet and ran out the toilet, ran and got a drink. And it was about three minutes between getting in the door, looking at my phone, nil-nil, coming back and we're two-nil down. And I, it, <laughs> it wasn't until afterwards that I re- I've seen the tweets, but it wasn't until I realised the way that, <laughs> that both those goals had happened. And, and, <laughs> and there's a link here because on, on Tuesday night... <laughs> Yeah, I did not start spotted before the game, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't start the game until two minutes in. <laughs> oh, you're missing all the fun. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so if anyone I wants imagine, to... Uh... I can imagine old Gaz, Gary Cornwall, behind the goal, just throwing his golden goal tickets up in the air. He's like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, yeah. <laughs> But I am, um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? If they're all there, that there'd only be about four people behind the goal at that point. If you, if you score within the first five minutes or last five minutes, I think you can, you can guarantee that it's going to be less people there. Um, but yeah, so, so Tuesday, I mean, um, I, I, Mike, you weren't, you obviously didn't see the game. We're going to talk about why that was in a, in a moment, but um, Trevor and Sam, do you, want to, do you want to tell me about the goal and, and talk us through what happened? <laughs> Um, it, it was a lovely passing move where a Croffy's pace down the right um, skinned the new left back they just got on loan and cross it over, bang it in. It was absolutely lovely. It was uh, it was some um, you know a, a classic goal that everyone says Tunbridge Angels don't score. <laughs> a lot of it is revolved around Tom Beer as well. Tom Beer, after however long out has come back and ironically I think having a break with COVID has helped his injury recovery Yeah, uh, actually be able to come back as the player that he the player that is a football league quality and I have to yeah. say I was also I, I put all my hands up to Tom I was sorry Tom I didn't realise he was only 25 because he seems to have been around for ages and he's <laughs> yeah. had two years out nearly yeah. with injury and geez, if that guy can stay fit and put it together, he's absolute quality this season. Yeah. And I think he would be you know, a real sort of kind of midfield powerhouse for us. The same goes for Deshaun. Could you imagine if we had a midfield three of uh, Beard, Deshaun, and, 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 and Christy? Yeah. Or Christy, it's another word pronunciation. I'm going to get wrong. Yeah, yeah. All- uh, those three as a midfield three would be that, that you look at them and you think that's. The sort of thing that would actually frighten the decent non-league teams. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. I am. Um, 
saying we're not decent. Hold on, we won't start that argument. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's very annoying that we, that, that we lost Christy, and I don't know if you've listened to this sort of thing, and it's obvious yeah. why you have to go, because if you have a kid at 23 in the middle of a, pan, of a pandemic, yeah. and you're away from your missus... You've got, yeah, I think Bobby does a French translation actually for him. So. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's, that's coming next week. Well, I tell you what. So I had a look at the um, I had a look at the the figures on this, um, and I don't know if anyone knows this person, but I think we've got ninety percent is the UK um, or something like that. There's there's a there's a few in America, and then there's one percent in Italy. So whoever you are in Italy listening, um, let us know if you can on on social media or however. Um, yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, I don't know. You live there, you must know. Someone in Milan, I must have known. The bucks from the top. It's it's either it's either that it's either someone's got a dodgy VPN because they don't want anyone to know where they live. Um, or, That'll be cauldron. That's the one yeah. in song, you understand? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or my hope is that someone's read that newspaper article about the Johnny yeah, yeah, funding yes. and and is yeah. is looking at it. But that's that's a, that's a that's the ideal situation, isn't it? Um, but no, so, so sorry, we digress there. So it's a Tuesday. Um, so from my opinion, obviously, I've tuned in after we've scored a goal. Um, before we talk about that, just a touch on Tom Beer. Completely agree. Um, he not from ability or how he played. He actually frustrated me as a player, uh, as a fan watching him because you can see he's got the ability and you can yeah. see he's a cracking player. Um, yeah. and, it, and it was frustrating to watch him, not because of... Um, not because of he doesn't have that ability, but because I, I wanted you wanted the injuries to to not be a thing, and you wanted that the player that's in there to come out. And I think at last we are actually we're seeing that, and that's no disrespect to him. And if he listens, I hope he sees that as a as a as a positive. Because yeah, absolutely, he must have been frustrated as everyone else. Absolutely, you know, fits and starts, fits and starts. When you know you've got the quality and can't display it, it must have been so frustrating for him. And that's why I hope he has a really cracking season because yeah. you know. No jinx, Touchwood, and all the other stuff. He he looked absolute quality this season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I completely agree with that. And um, you say as well about his age. I didn't realise he's. I mean, I'm 25. He's a couple of months younger than me. I'm like, <laughs> how is your life, Bobby? Yeah. I'm 24. No, but you see, you you speak in Sam. You must find this. You know, watching Tunbridge. I mean, I've watched since I was four or five. And you go and as you're a kid, you watch it and you don't have that understanding, but you just love going. And then as you get older, you understand football. And then it, you, then you get to the age where the the player is a sort of there's the odd player that creeps in that's your age then they're younger than you and 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 and, yeah. then, and then when you're looking at these players and and, and in my head I'm still going to be a professional footballer when I'm older <laughs> you know <laughs> um, I've got this question for you Bobby how old is yeah. Scott Kitch that is a great question. <laughs> you don't know, do I you? don't know, no. I have no idea either. <laughs> well, he was still, the last I saw, he was still kicking a ball about, wasn't he? So I, he's, he's got to be late. He's played last season. I don't know if he's where, where he's playing this season, but he's playing for Glebe last year. No, yeah, he, he was because... Yeah. I mean, the last the last time I saw him play was when we played against Greenwich Borough and they stuck him up front. Do you remember that? I don't know if you were there. Um, and, and, and the best equivalent I can think of that is when they stuck Carl Rook at centre back in Bradford. <laughs> the end like Nathan Elder in his pocket, and that's a nightmare. Game. That's, <laughs> the the game being that. won by Carl Rook in defence. I really know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it's no no one wanted their doors kicked down, did they? After. <laughs> <laughs> 
I am. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's an interesting one about uh, Kinchy's age. You know, it's got to be. If, and also, if anyone's listening to this and knows about Kinchy, I'd love to get him on this podcast because everyone knows my version of Kinchy. But I can't find him on social media or anything. So if it's, anyone has uh, a contact, did he have a window cleaning company or something like that? There's yeah, I. Look, look, Kinchy's window cleaner. <laughs> that's a very good point, actually. I did think that because at, at one point in my life, everyone's you know um, cheering about their f- football heroes, and my football hero was a window cleaner from Welling. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. Um, so yes, Tuesday night. So then um, uh, we, we go two 0 up. Tom Wood. I mean, great. He's got his goal. You know, um, Mike. Obviously, you didn't watch the game, but but what must that be like for Woody to to get to get that goal? Now he's back. He's he's got one under his belt, and that is, that's really good, isn't it? Because he's he hasn't started this season anything like he he was doing last season with us. You know, when he was immense, um, just didn't seem quite like the same player. So um, to get that monkey off his back, definitely. I mean, hopefully that will really push him on now, and he can go on a go on a good run because he I mean he was he was chipping in with with goals nearly every game wasn't he when he was on loan to us he's a good uh, player I remember reading the, the Wimbledon forum and saying they were really annoyed that he'd left yeah yeah thought he was good yeah and we've had some cracking loans from Wimbledon we got it we've obviously had a Calambay we've had Rodoni yeah um we've had Tom Beer came from Wimbledon and now we've got him yeah so there's a bit of a connection there going on. Absolutely, it's, it's it's great with that as well, isn't it? When you think over the years, we've we've seen them go from their reform club. We've seen them come by us. We've seen them nick John Main. We've seen them yes. make John Main a, a household name for a Wimbledon fan and a Tunbridge fan. Um, and it's great now that they almost haven't forgotten their roots, so to speak. And it's, it's helped massively that Steve McKim, um, he's had players on loan from them that have then progressed, and so they've got that trust with Steve. It's an interesting digression, actually, if I can, for a moment, because yeah, yeah. I think that's something where, um, I don't know, how long has Steve been here? Six, Six years or so? Something 20, like that. And, and, you, sure. and, and you look at kind of, you know, okay, what's changed? What's progressed? What's moved on? And I know he's always said being in the National South is, is crucial because it puts you much more in the shop window. And the quality of players he's been able to bring in, you look at, I won't name names, one or two of the guys who come in on loan or come in halfway through the season in the Isthmus, you're thinking you know, they're just you know, sort of sticking a few bob in the bank and running around a bit. But the quality yeah. of players and the connections Steve McKim has got has been able to bring in game-changing loans from yeah. league clubs. And I, I, I think that's a huge credit to him. Because these guys must go back to their clubs and the managers must go, well, how'd they go then? And they must go, yeah, it's great. Cracking dressing room. I was made welcome. I was given the playing time. Whatever you told me to work on, I worked on. And, you know, Rudoni is a good example, um, the most recent example. And I think um, it's one of those kind of unseen things that the manager deserves a lot of credit for. Yeah, I'd completely agree with that. And I think, you know, talking about Steve there, I think over over time, as I've mentioned before, I've you know I've, I've grown to to know him more and, and and love him as our as our manager over time. And there's there's been times along that path, and you know it, it hasn't always been been that way. And and maybe that's my naivety, naivety as a fan in the past of not knowing, not realizing at the time how much um, a non-league manager does for their club. But but he has got that, and I think he's built that over time. And and of you know, of course, as we say, this is his first his first club in management, isn't it? It yeah. feels like he's. Yeah. I 
I, it's really weird. and I don't want to blow so much smoke up as you know what, but he, um, I couldn't imagine our, our club without him at this point. And it, it gets you, gets, gets you to think, you know, is there must be at some point in the future, there, there must be other clubs around that might, be looking and, and thinking yeah I'm sure I'm sure people would have come looking but um, yeah. yeah it's just yeah I, I think he well I guess he must have sold a vision of some sort to Steve Churchill I think it was Steve who took him on it was yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and somehow somewhere yeah he's, he's yeah that, that's obviously been, been something that Steve Churchill saw and thought was worth a punt because I'm sure there were lots of other people going for the job and uh, he's still here Better off the worse. And also his family, like his missus, whose name unfortunately I've forgotten, his kid Toby, who works in the T-Shack. Yeah, yeah. They're so welcoming. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love Toby. <laughs> yeah, they are, no, they are, and they're. Really we'll, we'll edit that bit in case of. Uh, oh yeah. Clarify, <laughs> Toby is over the age of eighteen. No, <laughs> that makes it worse. Stop rid of the hole. Stop being. Oh no, it makes it legal. Um, <laughs> So we're just going to take a short break from the football action now and talk about something that is very important um, and, and that I think that is very important that we all hear and, 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 and all take on board. So Trevor, if you wouldn't mind just talking to us about today and, and what's happened today. Yes, today. I mean, I, I don't know how you want to edit this in, so I'll just say how it is because obviously I, I might not have turned up today because I, I had a thrilling day in the uh, Pembury accident emergency um, with, with, with a something related to what appears to be related to my prostate cancer and it's really just the kind of prostate cancer the the the, the, the for men listening to this i was i i found out i had um pretty serious prostate cancer at the age of 55 i had a lot of major surgery which unfortunately was just too late um to knock it on the head completely but it's kind of livable with and there's a couple of other quite well-known guys at the club I know who are in a similar position. And if you look at our age demographic, there's probably quite a lot more, actually. And it's just that that prostate cancer thing where, for men, please, I know it's um, a little bit undignified and a little embarrassing, the actual sort of um, examination and people oh, I don't really want to do that, I don't miss that. But trust me, you may be a little bit undignified for 30 seconds, but it's an awful lot better than having to live with the consequences if you don't do it. So I, yeah, I'm fine, I'm chirpy, I'm bullish, I've got, got many years ahead of me, but just in terms of kind of prostate cancer to people, please, men listening to this, men of a certain age, 55 plus in particular, please go and get, if you've got family history before 55, get yourself checked. Grin and bear it. You might even enjoy it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> there you go. But it's absolutely worth doing because if you don't do it, if you think that's undignified, there's yeah. lots of fun things to come. So yeah. um, please, a little message, prostate cancer men, non-league fans, old men over 50, it's a killer. Please look after yourself, look after your family, look after your friends and get yourself checked. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you so much for sharing that with us. I know it's a, a subject very close to home and, and, and thank you for, for sharing that message. 
So before we get back to the action and talk about Tuesday, um, <laughs> my editing skills on podcasts will get better. I promise. Uh, there was no better way to edit this in than just literally say we got we we got talking about other football memories. Um, so before <laughs> before we talk about Tuesday, here is my story about Sean Muggeridge. <laughs> it was a great um great little memory when we played uh, Lewis a few years back at, at the at the dripping pan, and um I've. Gone, gone the queue, and there's a burger van there, um, and they had the gourmet burgers, lovely burgers, and you got lovely chips. And we, the queue was so long; it wasn't needed at a football ground. That we, to, we, got, we got to the queue, caught uh, 15 minutes to kick off, and um, go, and, and and they didn't serve us. We didn't actually get them until about five minutes after the game had started. So walk round to the seats, tuck into them, tucking into me chips. You know, got me, bit, my shirt on, it's a bit tight. Got me belly eating the chips, and um. Henry and Jack, Henry Muggeridge and Jack Potter running down the wing together, and um, yeah, and and they're cha- they're chasing each other, and uh, <laughs> and 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 Henry's running, and I <laughs> and I shout out, I go, go on Jack, go on, you can beat him, he's not that fast, go on, you can get him. To which Sean Muggeridge is sitting in front of me, turns around <laughs> and says, I'd like to see you give Henry a race <laughs> whilst I'm there in my chips, and I just looked at him and I went. I went, well, I'm, I'm eating chips. I'm not paid to run, am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I very much slid back into my seat there and sat quietly for 15 minutes. <laughs> that's non-league for you, though. You it is, isn't it? That that's, that's, the, um, that's the equivalent that if anyone ever slates Sonny Miles at Longmead, you know that there'll be about <laughs> 10 people turning on, <laughs> turning on that fan. <laughs> but brilliant. So let's go back to Tuesday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so obviously, we go 2-0 up. Um, and and we, and we think and I don't know about you guys, but I'm thinking we're comfortable here. In previous seasons, I think this shows how far we come. In previous seasons, I, I would would need to be five nil up with two minutes left for me to to say we've won it. Um, but I'm I'm thinking we're going to see this out. Um, and then they score. Um, Sam and, and Trevor, tell tell us you know what what you thought about that and, and what well, happened. It's a cracking goal, you know. It's one of those ones where actually Henry got a lovely punch on it, and um, you know the, the goal that came back in on the volley. You think, okay, yeah, fair dues. We'll just have to live with that. Um, which obviously sets up a, a a nervous twenty minutes, and then Jack Parker just did one of those good old fashioned tackles where the timing was wrong. <laughs> Nobody argued about the red card. He just seemed no. he was ready for it. He was on his way. Um, and then it was just a question of whether you can survive the Alamo, really. And we we did and we didn't because there was at least one off the post that I think pinged off Henley and went out for a corner and could have got in. Oh, went off the post and uh, pinged off Henley. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah we, we, whichever way it was. And it's just one of those things where you, it was highly likely they were going to score another goal and I think what people forget, actually, was that so there's loads of injury time. Actually, one of their players got sent off in injury time. And that probably just kind of calmed the whole thing down. And at 70 minutes, you probably went, oh, that would have been two points lost. And at 90 minutes, you've gone, oh, that's a point one, actually. Yeah. Um, but the fact is we stood toe-to-toe and looked good against a team who are uh, third, fourth, not sure where they are. So I don't... Aside from the fact we're running out of defenders, I don't think um, anyone's got too much to worry about, actually. But I'll be um, dangling the boots over the fence on Saturday at M Street in case they want something. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, but I might fill the goal if I stand sort of square on. Either stand next to Henley, yeah. <laughs> 
But no, I, 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 to be honest, I think I, I'd look at that. If I was Steve McKimmon, I'd be pissed off we didn't win. But I would look at that and think, you know, actually, we, we've we've not got a lot to worry about if we've been playing like that all season. No, I agree with that. I also think you look at the, and this is no disrespect to our team, but it, this is just the the defences in the sense of injuries. You look at our team beforehand, and and I think I, I'd have taken two two. Not, yeah. not knowing how the game panned out, yeah. but looking at the team sheet, and this is no disrespect because you want to win every game, but I, I just think, yeah, you'd, you'd take the point there. And as you say, 70 minutes in or whatever it was, you, you wouldn't take a, a tool draw. But as it panned out, what summed it up is we, we were obviously time-wasting and holding on for it. They get a player sent off. Ball goes out, didn't it? For our, we we time-waste over the throw-in, but or whoever it was, free kick or whatever it was, Ben kicks it, goes out for an Eastbourne throw and then they time-wasted over the throw-in yeah, as well. Exactly. That's some, yeah, you're right. The, the ref up. blew about half a minute. Well, look for, going by the clock on the stream, he, he blew early, didn't he? I think he probably yeah, realised that both I, I teams remember, just... I remember kind of listening to Sonny on the commentary and how he said the ref is actually a good one. <laughs> and I've never heard of any players. It's because he was up in the box. It's because he wasn't on the pitch. Yeah. Has he ever said that on the pitch? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those. It, but you just think about it and go, actually, it's just games from shit. He's fine. The ref was fine. Yeah. It's one of those um, refs where you don't really notice him because he's doing a good job. Yeah, I agree. It's like from turning players. No arguments with him. He did what he had to. Backhanded compliment, but he let the game. And actually, the guy, the Dorking ref as well, we actually had back-to-back two decent refs who did their job. And um, yeah. nobody ever says thank you to them, and I never will. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they did the biz and let two very I – mean, I think he won yellow on the, in the Dorking game. He really let so, that game yeah. flow because there were a couple yeah. of things where he could quite easily have changed the game completely. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's the way it goes. You get some good ones and bad ones. What formation did we play? last night it was a very tight 4 4 2 it's probably 4 one, two, one, two in a way but the two wingers that probably walked 4 one, three, two, yeah. or 4 triple two. Uh, Joe Turner and Greenhill were very very tight so it was given the, the uh, space for folks from Parter to overlap and then when they overlapped they went wide and Deshaun Beard just played in the middle and drove forwards when they got the chance uh, a Crawford, he was a bit of a floater so he played to the right, pick on their left, uh, new left back, and then Tommy would hold it up. Can you tell I play much couldn't. football? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, couldn't have, couldn't have summed much. it up better. <laughs> Can you slow that down so you just analyse that? <laughs> Hang on a minute. There's a risk here that we're turning into match of the day. This, this could go well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, brilliant. That, that, yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's very true. Um, did did anyone else when Jack Parter made that run for the tackle? Did anyone else want to pause it and just take him out of the scenario? Because as soon as he was going in, you could see what was oh, going to happen. You knew what was going to happen. He just completely mistimed it. Yeah, it was. It didn't mean and, it, and that's you know why what? he walked straight off. He knew what he'd done. He's not. You know, he, he's a solid defender, but he's not. He's not stores. You know, he he knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, throwback there. Yeah. <laughs> but I yes, yeah, we said before, I can't remember the last time, if ever, that he's got a red card. I don't know if someone can 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 look at that, but it, it was not a Jack Partress thing. It's just one of those you just go fair yeah, enough, move on. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, so it was it was one of those in the end where we were we were then ho- holding on, but we'd we take that. So over the over the last two games we've only got the point, but positives, um, I think performances 
you know that, that first 60 minutes or whatever it was against Eastbourne we were we, we showed some good performances there um one performance that I think you've touched on there that I thought was excellent was Sonny Miles as co-commentator yeah, yeah. That. I just I love that and listening to his opinions and and hearing what he had to say um I, I don't know if you'll get a chance to somehow watch that Mike but I'd, I'd recommend just having a listen to what he was saying about really I, we had him on the podcast obviously a few weeks ago but just yeah, what a, an honest, an honest bloke talking about football who knows his stuff yeah. about the non-league game. I think, you know. Yeah, and and he wasn't. I know it sounds funny. I know it's it's your team and you want it to be the way you want it to be. But he wasn't biased. He was, uh, yeah. He, he gave it. Well, he explained things and he explained things from a guy who knew what what was going on. So, um, yeah, I, I thought he did a cracking job actually. So, uh, so Mike, um, obviously you didn't see the game last night, but tell us why you didn't see the game, uh, where you were, and and who you saw. I was freezing my nuts off at Braintree uh, against uh, Con- Concord. I mean, what a just, place just to, to add go. This in, you, 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 were you watching football? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was frozen at the bees yet. Yeah. He was scouting. We played him in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I was scouting, yeah. No, well, I was... Um, uh, I, I do a bit of uh, non, non-league uh, recruitment um, using my, my Twitter account. And... Um, I'd helped Braintree. Um, I I met the the incoming uh, Braintree manager quite quite a while ago, and um, he he wanted some help with bringing players in. So I sort of worked a lot on that to help them get get some players in because that you know obviously with their record they were losing, uh, they lost seven in a row, um, bottom of the table with with zero points. So I helped him out and. One of the players actually got in was Tom Derry, and um, and uh, I said, you know, I'd love to come along to uh, to the game. You know, can you can you get me in? And he had a word with the with the with the chairman, and um, yeah, I was able to go. So it was the first match, you know, I've seen for months, um, and uh, it it was freezing, but it was a it was a good game actually. And and, and Braintree, they it was eight changes, eight eight new players, and and three you know, existing players, um, and they played really well and they deserved the win and Concord looks a bit average, really. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so they got their first win, win of the season and, um, and, and Tom Derry did his usual Tom Derry, you know, working his socks off and, uh, you know, putting pressure on, on the defenders. And so he, he did really well. It was good to see him. It was good to see him back. A little bit painful to see him in a, in a, in a non-Angel shirt after after being such a hero for us but um no it was good good to see him so that's what i was doing unfortunately yeah. so um i was keeping an eye on the on the on the twitter of course uh, at the same time on 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 the eastbourne game but um yeah but it was just good to see a game really um but it just it just drummed home to me so much about uh, just the fans you know not being there it was it was soulless without the fans there it's so quiet you know you can hear the it's quite interesting because you can hear the players talking um you can't hear that so much when there's a lot of noise and singing going on but um it's just not the same without fans it's you know it's just more like a sort of a low-key friendly really having said that it was quite an intense game but you just 
you've got you've got to have the fans and the atmosphere. Other without that, you know, football's nothing really. Yeah. I was going to say you can especially hear the players when Sonny's playing. You know, PG18 <laughs> rating on it. Yeah. And, and yeah. you do realise if brain, if we go down and Braintree stay up your toast, I just like to say that now. <laughs> I know. I do feel yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a split loyalty. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, we've got Braintree next week, and although I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see how how my guys do, who I got you into couldn't the have team. waited a week. Oh, stop thinking, mate. Stop thinking. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm always going to be angels at heart. So hopefully, we will beat them next week. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting one that though, wasn't it? We're, we're going on that. Uh, Tom Tom Derry, because we obviously we all, we all loved him. He's a um, what he did for the team, I think, um, and and the, these performances. And and when I think we all knew, didn't we? When we saw that it'd been released, we all we all sort of were hoping that there'd be an announcement. If people, I'm sure there's those that knew it was coming. Probably those in the know, but for myself, I wasn't a, I wasn't aware it was coming. But he could have gone to the bookie shop and put all my savings on that we were getting Tommy Wood because you think that'd be the only reason why I would have let go of Tom Derry so it's, it's much for much to say and it's, it's good hopefully um, like Tom Derry I think he's a top man and hopefully he um, he does do well for Braintree uh, but doesn't affect us in any way <laughs> in any in any way, <laughs> in any way possible um, something you said there Mike it's gone round in full circle here but um, Trevor and Sam I know that we saw each other at the Chichester game um, which we were neutrals, obviously. Um, but, I was never but, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, uh, it, I missed it so much, which is one of the reasons why I've done this podcast is to keep this football in field. But that that um, Matt Davison touched on it on the on the first episode. But it's that those two hours or however long it is. It's not just the two hours. It's match day. It's waking up knowing you've got a match. Um, and regardless of whether you're one of, let's use a different club let's say West Ham Chelsea regardless of whether you're going to that Premier League team and, it, and it's the 20,000 of you walking down the, the road and singing songs or whether it's Tunbridge Angels in front of 400 people that match day experience whoever is your main club that that match day feeling knowing that you're going to watch a match on that day getting there seeing the faces and it's only over, I've been going to Tunbridge since 99 um, but it's only over the last few years that actually like so, so like obviously from, from doing this podcast there's more people that I will now see and say hello to and, and it's not from an unfriendly point of view it's just because you don't you don't necessarily know everyone you know faces and you say hello but you you don't necessarily have more of the conversation but that's lovely because there's people there that you you you're all friendly faces I think when we went down to Western Supermare when we was in the conference um all those years ago 20 2011 2012 I remember we made a weekend of it um and it was well <laughs> my dad sold it to my mum let's have a weekend down in western supermare <laughs> didn't tell her that we were playing football <laughs> yeah um but but you know you go and i think she we did tell her but if we didn't because on the friday night you go you go to a fish and chip shop and and there's a it's, it's like on eastenders when they go to to south end for the weekend and all of the cast go down there it was like that you know you think there's a tunbridge fan there's it went on the pier the next day there's a tunbridge fan there's a tunbridge fan but it's all people you recognize um but i have digressed a bit there what I was trying to get to was those 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 that when that whistle goes it's you in the pitch and it's whatever is going on in your life whatever is happening um it's just it's that it's magical it really is I I I think um for me I know I know you go in the stands but that's your choice but behind the goal it's not about half the time it's not about on the pitch it's how you react to what's on the pitch yeah yeah and you can talk so you've had Martin on here, I've mentioned Rachel, you've got Dan, you mentioned Chris, you've yeah. got um, 
He's the bald one. How many of us are Dan, Gatton, and me? Gatton, the bald one. Not the bald one. Sorry, that's you. Me and this is something we I don't think many people remember. We don't really talk about is that. We we drove to Belgium for a preseason. We did yeah. actually, oh, yes. Wow. We were the two. We were we were the two. We, yeah. we, were, we were the two. They never expected to show up, and oh, we were brilliant. there. I think it was Dan and Shirley. who were there about half a dozen, I think, went with the club, and yeah. um, I, we, we yeah, it, it, yeah, it's back to kind of trying to get Sam out of his comfort zone. I said, well, look, we can just kind of go on a ferry, book a place up. You know, go and watch some football and kind of not tell them about the you know 200 miles on the motorway in between and um yeah it was just one of those things we kind of rocked up and we turned in there were people like chris drew and steve churchill were kind of going you weren't on the bus <laughs> where do you come from um and yeah it was just one of those things and oh, wow. it's kind of one of those mad things you do and i really 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 hope somewhere down the line the angels could again do we didn't do the one to blithe but maybe yeah. Bradford is the hook. We, we, we'd love yeah, an away weekend where yeah. we can just go and be really, really silly and just kind of block off the rest of the world and go and have the kind of fun in the yeah. away days. So, and another cracker was, was that awful, awful, awful game at Faversham. was really memorable. A, because there was a beer festival on in Faversham, so that solved the problem of... Um, um, Phil. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but we went down on the train and there was everyone that, yeah, there were, there were you know, old gits like me down to people like Chloe and her little girl. And um, the game was so awful that um, Phil, lucky Phil, ended up reading um, you know, a Megan Mogg book to us behind the goal because that, <laughs> that was what Scarlett had taken with her. And that was more entertaining than the football. <laughs> And that actually would just kind of summed up an away day because everyone was just having such a cracking good time. Yeah. And that's I love the home games and I'm not a kind of I'm not a Martin away day look, yeah, here's me top, get me tits out sort of day. Because <laughs> 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 that really frightened me. But, but yeah, it's just that yeah, it, it, it's that sort of um, camaraderie and we, we we got together in the pub for the Taunton game, which was just epic. And there were probably 20 or 30 of us in there. And hopefully we'll be able, all other things being equal, to get like a Christmas do somewhere. Just Tunbridge Angels fans in Tunbridge, sitting in the pub, having a beer. Because I love these people and I miss these people. And, yeah, it, it really makes it part of the reason why you go. So can I just cut in for a sec? And I know you're not from Tunbridge, Bobby, but I want to yeah, say... Yeah. Well, he is, but he isn't. He is, but he isn't. <laughs> I want to say a huge, huge thank you to all the pubs that, that, that sort of supported us in streaming it and all the people that put it on that Taunton game. I know Natalie was, you know, charging around with a bucket. I know that the, the Forest's Arms, which conveniently is where I used to work, um, they, they, they now uh, support the club. Uh, I believe it was posted on the Twitter thing that they renewed you to their support. Tyson has done couple of weeks ago the gatehouse had it shown on and it was very strange because you had it put on the screen i, I went to the gatehouse because i also used to work there and help resort it out the gatehouse in Tunbridge being sort of like the main sports pubby thing um and it, they have six tv screens they had it on about four of them and you have people there with no idea 
it was on and by the end you had people cheering for it like moving their chairs around moving the yeah, yeah. tables which obviously you shouldn't do <laughs> because <laughs> no, of regulations, but... you shouldn't be yeah. moving the tables um <laughs> But it was it was really really nice, and I think that. that's where this race. Hopefully, this is where this is going. Because I've joked about sitting watching, you know, watching the Dorking game with a camera and a cup of tea in my hand, which was actually far preferable to standing in the pissing rain watching us lose four one. But actually, yeah. there, there is. I, I think that there's layers now of ways you can do that, and it'd be quite interesting yeah. challenges to do you or don't you stream when people come back? Do you want people to go to the ground? Do you want to make people who can't go to the ground? But I just hope that the club stands back and really kind of embraces the, all the opportunities because ultimately any money is better than no money. And I'd rather someone pay, okay, Sam and I sit in the same room and watch £7.50 for, for, for a feed. And if we were there, we'd be paying £30. The, the, the ways these things work, I just think there's lots and lots and lots of opportunities and how you tie in things that I've done, like the Garden Show or Angel Fest, and how you market and pull all these things together, yeah. is there's a cracking opportunity. And we do it all in-house. We don't pay people to come and do all this stuff for us. Dan and Trev and these guys and Ian Clear have done a fabulous job. And what uh, it's a great opportunity to bring together a little cohesive unit to go, right, how can we go? You can get your weddings here. You can get your your garden show here. You can get your your beer festival here. You can get this. You can get that. The Baptist Church, and it's one of the enormous challenges of a fan-owned, volunteer-run club, where no one's getting paid to do anything. Yeah, but they do it because they love it. Yeah, absolutely. and you've got to get together a kind of cohort of people who want to do that. But I think if you stand back from where we are now and how people have changed how they communicate with each other. I'd like to think there's opportunities going forward that really cement the angels' place in the community and what they do. Uh, absolutely, and I, I, I think um, you've, you've got it all spot on there. Um, and, and, and when Sam was saying about um, the pubs and all that, obviously I, I know I'm not from, from Tunbridge myself, um, as in I don't live there, but it's given me, it makes me a little bit emotional thinking about all those extra fans that we could have and all those people yeah, that are cheering on our club, you know? Yeah, and, and I think if we and can... Now, they don't have to come to the ground. Yeah. They don't go, oh, I would drop up to Tunbridge, I can't get on the bus, I've got the car, I can't do this. Well, great, because our, our dedicated pubs or pubs A, B and C... And that's where you can see the live stream of Courage yeah. Angels. And you've got to blend that marketing for yeah, the say, Oh, we can't put it on the pub because they won't come to the ground. Well, sorry, they're not going to come to the ground anyway because they're in the pub. So yeah, give, give people all of it. And, and then if they do that, then you're going to get people that will then come. Um, and and they'll, they'll come with every now and then or they'll come more. But also, you know, there'll be those the bigger gates will no longer be six seven hundred the bigger gates when it's all allowed might be your thousands twelve hundred and and, and and imagine maidstone on boxing day if you had a full house and every pub in tunbridge showing yeah, it would be amazing banging. it would be superb yeah this is why it was so important for us to get into the first round because you know yeah. it just it's increased our exposure so Absolutely. much hasn't it we've had yeah. we've had so much tv coverage and all that kind of thing news uh, you know news articles it's what we needed and you know this town is a big town and yet a large percentage of the people don't even realize there's a there's a good team playing 
in it. So it's it's done us the world of good. And let's hope we can, you know, make it more. Now we've got the monkey off our back with the first round. Let's hope we can do it a bit more regularly and get those average attendances up more towards a thousand. Then we could start thinking about, okay, well, let's see if we can take another step up. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I also think it was, was great. You're saying, um, obviously, Sam said about um, with myself, um, I do normally sit in the um, the main stand and, and the, the silent stand. The silent stand. Yeah. Do you know what? So when I was, so I've sat in there because of we, were, you know, my dad. I mean, he was a season ticket holder at Spurs for 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 fifteen years, and like as he likes to remind everyone, it was in the West Stand. So it was with the sandwiches rather than in the South Stand, shouting. And um, and we. So I, I just sort of grew up watching football from the halfway line. And if if I could, if I it sounds so silly, if I could watch football from the halfway line. But with all the fun and the laughter that goes from behind the goal, that would be my ideal scenario. Because as I've got older and as, okay, there's a few games that I've gone to where he hasn't been there and I've, I've, I've got behind the goal and I've got to know people behind the goal. I, I, you just, you love that fun. And, and the summary of it, um, Concord Rangers that I touched about, you know, that, that, that we talked about a few weeks ago, which was the last game um, before COVID. Um, it was my birthday. Um, and and I so you can as, as you can imagine I, I've made, I've planned it all out. So there was about six of us that we got on the train. Little did we know it would be our last night out before COVID struck. Um, but but we got we got the the train to Canvey, which you know try and convince six year mates to get a train to Canvey is 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 is, is a tough one. Um, but we we've got to the game at a beer before the kickoff. Um, my my dad um, stood with, um, with with Trevor Brazier, who we've known for for years and family friend, and and they stood on the side and they watched it as they do um and and i went with my mates and we stood behind the goal and and the, the first half there wasn't many of us behind the goal and we, we ben greenhouse scored and and there was no atmosphere and, and second half there was a there was a little bit of an atmosphere and, and my 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 friends were loving it because of gary and um they were loving what gary's comment drunken comments were or whatever the comments were about <laughs> this that and the other and i and i and i was about free be three beers in and I and I don't you know obviously as I said from the podcast I, I hope they'll get to know people more but I don't I'm not the, believe it or not I'm, although I, I see myself at, at times I can be quite confident I, I wouldn't there's nothing worse than shouting out and then and then no one else joining oh, in is there? <laughs> so um so you know so, nothing about that do you <laughs> So you're suggesting that people shout out at football matches and get embarrassed by it? Didn't everyone <laughs> give him at some no, point? But, but yeah, yeah, joking joke aside, me, me and Mike have talked about this in the past. You know, there, there's, there's nothing, you, you know, you need that leader. You need someone to, to do it because otherwise, that's, you know, that's, that's the fear of rejection. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and that's the thing. And it is, it is Martin. And so obviously I'm a few beers in and I shout out Will's on your house and my mate's loving that. And then before we know it, the, the normal, the normal lot that sing, they, they took over and let them do it and, until I mucked up the We Hate Maidstone song. And oh, I'm, never gonna live, I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> My girlfriend still gives me abuse about that because she found out about that somehow as well. And, and that was the theme of the night. We were, we stumbled out of a club in Rayleigh about two in the morning and there was still still my mate shout in the middle of Rayleigh in Essex, people shouting, oh, Bobby, what do you think of Maidstone? <laughs> so that was, but there we go. That all sums up the community and, and the love and, and the, the, the fun that we have. Um, two things before we, we finish off. Um, Trevor, talk to us about the garden show and what you do with that because you do so much to the club. I don't think people know. Yeah, I'd like to have a word about that because um, the club is community-owned and 
nobody around apart from the the, the the football side where they they earn every penny they get nobody's paid for what they do and um therefore everything you you put back into the club has to be self-generated and leaving aside this year there were set pieces like the garden show um like angel fest and one or two other sort of yeah there's the weddings and so on that go in in, in the um the marquee and these are things that just sort of happen how do these things happen where how do we arrange something where where three and a half thousand people come down to Longmead over a saturday and a sunday and spend all this money and the garden shows an example of something where you have to start booking that in the previous july and these are all commercial people with their own events all doing their own thing which you have to get in you bank the money from them and then you bank the money from the people coming in on the day or the two days of that paying to get in. Um, and there's this sort of, this kind of, it, well, it kind of just happens. And the volunteers that make up what goes on are what pay the bills from May to September, because there's no income to the club for all that time, all the money that comes in from those sort of events. They don't pay the players, they don't pay the manager, they pay the bills, they pay the electricity bill, they pay the water rates, they pay all these other things that are still going on. And there's a cohort of people who are, I won't start to name because there's loads of them, who come down and work day in, day out at that club. It could be digging trenches, it could be moving the dance floor out of the marquee and then moving it back into the marquee. It could be marking out pictures. It could be running cables. Loads and loads and loads of things that all have to be done. And they're all of a certain age, almost all of them. What, your age? Yeah, almost. <laughs> and what, what you, you need um, a flow through of people to, to, to help this continue. Because actually... There's a tremendous resource out there, and you could have a car show, you could have a craft show, you could have a garden show, you could have all these other things virtually every weekend if you wanted, but they get exhausted, even if it's just one a month. And if you're taking, we took the garden show from five grand a year profit to 12 grand a year profit, and all of that stuff goes back into paying what keeps the club going. Yeah. And there's a a huge number of people who don't get seen or heard and don't want to get seen or heard will actually make all that happen. And I saw a little thing recently uh, this week about you know Peter Ells wanting people to help take the covers off the pitch. Um, and the, you know, that's you've got to get people who want to do this. And I know it's different different ages, they're working during the week, they're doing this, they're doing that, and doing the other. But when say the club goes, we want volunteers. It doesn't, you don't have to make a massive commitment to help make things happen at a place like Tunbridge. I'll take Tina Jenner, lovely, lovely, lovely lady who's been the kind of joint physio. I think she's called it a day this year, but for years. But the garden show, she's there at half past six in the morning opening the barrier to the car park, the height barrier, to let the lorries in because you're not allowed to keep it open because there's a camera on it and you, you're not allowed to have to. And then she goes and does that. And then she goes and makes bacon sandwiches and breakfast for all the volunteers. And then she goes off and does her job as a physio to the team. Um, for example, on the, like, the um, playoff final day, she did all of that. 
just because she loves being part of it and wants to do it. And there is um, a huge need for a flow through of volunteers. It may just be a day or two um, in the summer. It may be something longer. But when people say, oh, I want to volunteer for Tunbridge or oh, whatever, just come and, you know, put a high vis jacket on and, 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 and direct some people out the car park. You know, all of those things need to be done. And it's a really, really important thing because all the money that's made over the summer keeps the club running because every pound that doesn't come from those events comes out of the playing budget. Well, I'd like to add to the point of West Kent College. I, when I was there in my last year, the head of the creative media faculty, the head of the whole creative thing. So you've got TV, uh, music, you know, anything creative like even fashion. We went up to Charlton. She took us up to Charlton for, um, to film stuff on a Saturday, who was sponsored and signed by Hadlow College. Yeah. And there were people that I knew in other courses that were literally biting their up, that were, you know, really wanted to do it. I got to interview Adam, not I interview, sorry, but I was, you know, people like Adam Ola Lookman. Yeah. You, you, you were standing sort of next to them, which I'm obviously six feet apart at the moment, but I really wish that in terms of helping take the emphasis off of what a lot of, or not the emphasis, but the pressure off of what a lot of the current directors and volunteers do, there is a massive young community out there that would actually love to help. Two words. First one begins with P and the second one sounds like a pub. Potter's Bar. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you mean, Bobby. Is that two, mean... two grown men rolling in the mud <laughs> out of each other? I was at work. Uh, so. that, oh, that's the folklore description. I mean, what I've heard, I've I've heard it was in the blue corner, in the red corner. I've heard Sky Sports News, oh, the helicopter. I heard there was blood, it. there was guts, you know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm really sorry for the damage I inflicted on Steve. I hope it doesn't <laughs> What about the damage at Red Hill? Oh, no, 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 forget about that. Don't talk about Red Hill. Okay, this did reach a very, very sort of minor folklore status. Um, it's called having a big mouth and being the only one left on the terraces um, available to be picked out. <laughs> um, it was the last game of the Isthmian, I think it was the last game, or very close to the last game of that Isthmian season where we went up, and I think a, home, a win guaranteed us a playoff place mm. at yeah. home, and a defeat might have just skipped us outside of the, um, outside the playoffs, and we, we, we had a shocker. Tom Beer cropped himself, the injury that kept him out for about 18 months, and... Um, I think the second goal went in, and out of pure frustration, I just, and these were my words. No, I'll, 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 I'll beep when I need to. No, they were no <laughs> because, as Steve McKinn correctly said, you never swore. I said, I'll sort it out, McKinn. And it was just that moment where the gobby bloke with a hat that makes him perfectly identifiable for 100 <laughs> yards just happens to be looking at the same direction as the manager. When I said. Um, and it's, you, know, you know when you're kind of applauding, you're the one still applauding when it all goes yeah. quiet. Well, it was a bit like that. Um, and it was nothing compared to some of the other things were said. But I yeah, they yeah. were slightly quieter. They do need a beep. And yeah. the, 
the other thing was I actually stayed to the end because all yeah. the other my, my dear friends behind the goal all thought I'll sod this I'm off to the bar I'm not going to stay thin and support the team which was probably the worst decision I made on the day <laughs> um, and as I was walking back and again Potter's Bar there's a, a bit like our long stands down the side and you can't walk down the front of it because it's full of people getting out so I walked down the back I was walking down the back of the stand and I heard this kind of mild hubbub coming from across the pitch. <laughs> I thought, well, that's interesting. Someone's going to give me a bit of trouble. Um, and as I, re- as I appeared at the end of the stand, um, I realised very rapidly the person in trouble was me. As, um, <laughs> Steve McKim, it's probably a, a sort of an image that's, that's quite familiar to a few of the players. Yeah, with the sort of yeah, the piercing eyes and the steam coming out of his ears was coming towards me. Um, <laughs> Oi, I want to have a word with you. Um, and you look around, and there's that moment when you realise, no, that actually is you. That's that you is me. Um, and you, well, I mean, you've got three choices really. You can run away, which is about thirty-five years too late for that. Forty-five or forty-five, or I could put about sixty-five. Um, you can stand and front it and then try and explain to your wife why you've got no teeth when you go home. Uh, or, <laughs> yeah, or you, probably the best decision. <laughs> or, or you can put your arm around him and go, sorry, mate, moment of passion got a bit upset there. And funnily mm. enough, I chose the, the last version yeah. of that, yeah. uh, which was kind of safety first. Um, but it doesn't actually end there because I, I was actually very cross because I thought the way that what he did was wrong. Yeah. I, I, all I said was sorted out with Kim. And contrary to some of the spam that went on and the trolling that went on, no swear words. I didn't, and nothing about his parentage, nothing about the sock he's got in his bedroom. Yeah, there, there, were, no, there, there were no comments like that about him at all. And uh, which he will back up. Yeah, and I, yeah. I was cross. I thought it was unfair. To, well, that's, to, just, that's just passion. Yeah. It's passion to, to on both like sides. Yeah. But the measure of the man, and I. I'll give him absolute credit for this, was that through a common connection, he he sent me his phone number and said, look, um, I'd like to have a chat with you about it. And on you know, the Tuesday, Wednesday night, whatever it was, I rung him and we probably talked for 30 to 40 minutes, not just about that event, but about all the things around the football and why he felt how he did and why I felt how I did. Um, and we agreed to disagree on some things because he's never... He's never stood and watched football from the terraces for any long period of time. He's always yeah. played it or managed yeah. it. And you have a different view. And equally, I've never stood in the dugout and had some oik shouting at me, telling me to do my job better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was me um, earlier today. Wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> but that's the point is, it's a very one-sided conversation because the manager gets anything between 300 people at Tunbridge or 30,000 people at, I don't know, Arsenal, if they've all turned up for the day. Uh, telling them how to do their job, they've got no right to reply. And that day just happened yeah. to hit a nerve. His nerve was, I wouldn't have minded if he'd said, sort it out, Tunbridge. But he said, sort it out, McKim. What am I supposed to do? I've put 11 players out there. Yeah, One yeah. of the best players has got injured. I've got my cover. They're not doing what I told them. And, you know, that, that in, in, in a short sure but I really respect the fact that the guy took the trouble. He could have gone out and gobby idiot. I'm going to leave him alone. And I, um, he took the trouble to make sure I got his phone number, spent half an hour talking to him. I saw him after the Met Police final in the bar, shook his hand, wished him well, and he'd be the same from each other. And 
it would have been very easy for him just to fob it off. And I think it's a measure of his yeah. feeling about how he does the job. Can you imagine as a player? There must be loads of players out there listening to this game. Whoa! I've seen, yeah. I, <laughs> I've seen yeah. him coming towards me. Steve coming out of his ears. Yeah, the McKinnon treatment. Got, yeah. But you've got to be able to turn around that player, get him to agree with what you want, or agree to disagree, bury it, park it, move on, move on play yeah. again next week. And he took the time and trouble to do that with a fan who was pissed off on the day. I don't regret what I said. It was how I felt at the time. It wasn't rude. It wasn't offensive. Um, but fair play to the guy that he takes the trouble to, to follow through with fans what he does with his players. I won't agree with everything he does on the pitch. I won't. Um, I wouldn't dare go and talk to you in the bar after we lost. But you you have a sense of a guy who actually believes in the way he wants to do things. And I think that will, will get him a long way. I agree so, with that. So Pumas Bar wasn't, unfortunately, two grown men rolling in the mud doing two falls <laughs> to the But it actually... But you ended up nipping it in the bar. But, but, yeah. but, but, but dealt with, it, it was a very interesting insight into probably how he actually does his day job. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think. There you yeah. go. Edit, edit that down to your heart. <laughs> no, I will. I think. I think we'll <laughs> leave every bit of that in. That's that's gold. That will get two hundred views. That won't it? <laughs> I think. In contrast, the um, the eight two or seven two or whatever it was loss against Chelmsford when Warrellow's seven one. That was it. Oh. I've, I've given us a favour there. I've given us an extra goal. We did. We definitely did not deserve that goal. Well, um, we made a back, so <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but. But that um, that game, I uh, I, I didn't. I, once again, I, I was just a forum name and a Twitter name. I didn't know any players to speak to, and and I'm and I, at half time, I actually wanted to go to the toilet, and I, I, I it wasn't. It was a massive coincidence. I'm I'm walked down to the toilet, and Henry Muggeridge is there, and he's off to the pitch, and I started talking to Henry just to, because he and he, he shows you the team that we had at the time. He's telling me that the tactics are wrong and that it's dreadful when he's giving me his view on the game and um and so I'm just stood there and then the whistle goes and you know at Chelmsford they have that fake tunnel off the across the athletics pitch so I'm just stood there and I'm just so disappointed you know because and once again something had happened in my private life that unfortunately I took to the football that I wasn't too ha- you know I was a bit down anyway so I was down and I, I was relying on Tunbridge to sort of give me that pick me up and here we are 4-0 down at half time so players are coming off the pitch <laughs> And I'm and I'm just doing this, and I'm just sat there. I'm just stood there going like that. And Warrelow looked at me, and he went, "What? What are you shaking your head?" And I went, "It's dreadful." I just I just went, "It's dreadful." And he went, "F off back to the forum, Bobby." <laughs> <laughs> and I <laughs> and I thought, oh, outies, yeah. And I thought, oh, he does know who I am, bugger. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was that. that that was that was that so so there's a there's a there's a lovely end to this story that gets it gets worse for me so that was that and and we finished and he moves on now if you remember i think it was the end of our of mckim uh, sorry steve's um first season in charge we had that charity game which was was tunbridge uh, it was non-league versus tunbridge all-stars yeah. kinchy played uh, and obviously it was the famous that, game where a certain penalty yeah which we won't talk on and, and i think he might be on the show next week but oh, oh, Warrelow <laughs> was in the was in the dugout <laughs> 
and Warrelow was in the dugout for the opposition. So me and my dad are stood by the tunnel and Warrelow's walking on the pitch. <laughs> and we're there once again, I think we were there with, with Trevor Brazier and a few others and we're stood there and, and Warrelow's walking on the pitch. And, he, and my dad says, I bet, you're, I bet you're open, he doesn't see you. And my dad shouts out, he goes, Tommy, Tommy, it's Bobby. It's Bobby over here. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. And he comes over. And he says, how are you doing, mate? And I said, yeah. And, and he said, he said, how things have been? And I went, yeah. And we had a chat. And look, it's a year later by that point. He'd moved. I think he, I said, well, um, who was it? He, was it Cray, him and Alex? They, they had a load of money pumped in and they, they went from whatever it was. They won every game and they just got promoted or stayed out of relegation or whatever it was. I congratulated him on that and we moved on. But, but the two different scenarios, I would much rather the Steve McKim scenario any day of the week and, and, I, I think we're very lucky to have Steve. So, Mike, if you can, if you wouldn't mind telling us a bit about yourself as a fan and about Love Non League, your, your Twitter account and what you've been doing there. It sort of just came out of the blue, really, for me, because I, I, I don't know. All I've been is a fan. And, you know, 18 months ago, uh, players started approaching the account saying, oh, can you help me find a club? And I was like, well, no, I, I, why do I know anything about that? But because I'd sort of been talking through the account to certain managers like um, like the Grays manager and, uh, and obviously Steve and, and others as well, I just started to kind of, it's just a bit of a matchmaking service, really. You know, you, you find out from the managers or you keep in, in contact with all the managers about what they're looking for. And, um, and, and you just match them up with kind of the players that you've got that are looking. Um, it's not really rocket science. You've just got to be careful about the kind of players that you put forward. You've got to be putting forward quality uh, rather than quantity. Otherwise, you'll just be known as someone that, oh, you know, don't, don't get suggestions from him. He just gives you rubbish. So it's kind of that I've had to learn that way as well. Um, but, um, but no, no, it's, it's good fun. And, uh, you know, I've, done, I've, I've met um, My- Michael Dubry through it um I've, I've messaged chris hewton it's kind of all loads of sort of mad stuff going on um and something i'd never thought i'd be involved in you know a couple of years ago i was uh, i was at hemel hempstead watching a, a player that asked me for help um and um yeah, that's where i bumped into jubilee there he was connected to, to someone at the club and uh yes yeah, so i just got talking to him during the game so that was that was interesting. But um, yeah, I mean, my, my network's growing and uh, sort of getting to know more and more managers as, as time goes on. And, and now I'm getting managers coming to me saying, you know, I'm looking for this, or I'm looking for that. I can't actually keep up with it because I've got, you know, I've got a full time job. Um, and, you know, I'm always, always seeing if I can help Steve and, you know, what he's looking for. And I got Kyle DeCosta in. That, that's probably my best one for us. Oh, really? Um, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love him. Yeah, and he he just left St Albans, and I was saying, you know, well, what, you know, what are you looking for next? And he said, well, I want to keep at the same level. Um, uh, and then Steve said, I'm looking for a winger. So, um, you know, match made, and there you go. Um, just, just one more story that we were talking about that I want to share with you all. Enjoy it. Excuse the language, and I'll see you all next week. Come on, you angels! The, the Ashford was it Ashford? Uh, Ashford was it where we were two 0 down and we won three two in the last yeah. 
two minutes or wherever it was. And there was that. <laughs> that was that the game. game from Fraser Logan. That was the game I fell back in love with Angels. That game. Uh, I mean, yeah. to, to two nil down. What well, after about eighty eight minutes. That was incredible. Yeah, that's that. I'll never forget that one. And that's what that turned, amazing, turned me really? back on definitely. And who who was the um? And I was trying to remember him the other day. And I. I was, I remember all these games. I remember them going back further than that, but you've got to remember that I was a kid then. So my football, my football experience wasn't watching it as a bit more of an educated football fan as I am now. Not that people would agree with that. Um, but Steve Ferguson. I used to love him. Used to love him. And he, he would always do it. He'd play, the le- he'd play the ball through the fullback's legs, run round them and cross it. I used to love Ferguson. He was, yeah, for me, my favourite game, especially because I was filming the, a college project at that time, which is actually still available on YouTube and the club publicised, was that Tunbridge 4 Wingate 3. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that whoever was, took that photo of Jerome Sobers poking oh, in that goal was kind of telescopic. Oh, it was amazing. Wasn't it? Into it, you know. It's just a fantastic photo. I, uh, I, I, I had a, uh, I don't know if you know, so you might have seen my story at the time. I, I, drunken, I drunkenly gave him a hug and said thank you at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yes, you met him in, in a, a chicken shop or something. In a chicken shop in yeah, South End, the day after he left, after the FA Trophy game. And, um, so it was a Tuesday night. He got let. He he, he we, we played and we lost the game. Wednesday, the club release that Sobers has been uh, been released. Thursday, my best mate had split up with his girlfriend of many years, and I booked the Friday off work. And I said, let's just go into Southend and get pissed and have a night out together because you know you need it when you're mates. So we are absolutely steaming. We we finish the club. We walk into a chicken shop at three o'clock in the morning in in Southend. <laughs> And, and I'm sat there and I'm, I can't even see anything. And this big, tall, six foot five or whatever it is, guy comes in and drunkenly. And, I, and I'm telling you, I'm not joking. I didn't see him in the face. I, I could not see his face. I was that drunk that I just drunkenly in my head as a the geeky Angels fan I am living in Southend went, oh, look, it's Jerome Sobers. And he turned, <laughs> and he turned around and he went, yeah. And I went, fucking hell, you are Jerome Sobers. <laughs> And he went, he went, yeah, who are you? And he, he, he lives in Upminster Way and his mates, they're driven down to Southend in their car, picked up chicken and whatever. I don't know what they're doing. Um, and I went, I went, oh, fuck. I went, well, I said, you're probably going to hate this seeing as what's happened this week. I said, but I'm a massive Tunbridge Angels fan. And he laughed and he went, oh, you're having a joke, aren't you? And, um, and we got talking and we got to, and I was pissed and he wasn't. But honestly, swear to God. So, so the funny thing about it, my mate is outside the shop and he's feeling sick and he's like, I want to go home. And I'm, I'm like, I'll be out in a minute. I'll be out in a minute. I'll be out in a minute. And me and Jerome are chatting. And for about 20, his mates come in and like, because he's got the chicken and the food in his hand. <laughs> And, and they come and take the food off him. They're like, hurry up, mate. And they take the food. And me and him chat and we chat and we chat. And it was just really lovely. Um, and then at, at the end, he went, I'll tell you what, mate, you've got to go because your mate's outside. And my mate couldn't even stand up outside. And, <laughs> um, and in the end, I left. But it was about my mate, it was about half hour I was in there chat. Oh, and the best thing about it, the best thing was at the end of it all. So, so I went outside to my mate. Um, Jerome left and I got sat my mate back inside got him some water and, and the guy who run the chicken shop he sort of come over and he went oh, excuse me can I just ask you he said, oh, was he a big football star <laughs> <laughs> and I went yeah yeah he's the biggest the biggest they can <laughs> 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 right, so there we go that's my-